Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. It's Angie with the good news on Therapy Tuesday. Therapist Lisa here and also Pastor John Byrne. Hello, Therapist Lisa. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Hello, Pastor John. Good to see you. How are both of you? Good. Plugging yeah, away, right? Not too bad, right? Excellent. Well, I am going to start with some good news. And one of my favorite stories, uh, well, I've got several here. Um, Little Boy Helps Homeless is next. Let's start with Deeds Driven Dad's Fatherhood Program, part one, shall we? Sure. Let's do it. I'm Stephen, Stephen Lynn, uh, a.k.a. affectionately known as Coach Lynn, and I'm the founder of the Fatherhood Training Center and the chairman of Deeds Driven Dad. Deeds Driven Dads is a, a training program that's reaching out to fathers from all walks of life, giving them the resources, the information, the discipline, and the real challenge of becoming a responsible father. We always got to get started with the pledge. Raise your right hand and repeat after me. I humbly pledge to love, support, and cherish my family, to always put their needs first, and to always remember that I have been blessed. So help me God. Beautiful. Beautiful. Welcome, everybody, for the kickoff of the 2016 Responsible Fatherhood training season. I'm so honored and happy that you joined us today. This is, what, this is our motto. Every time we have a fatherhood program, anywhere we go, particularly when we go on the road, and that's where we're getting ready to go on the road, we make, make the fellas say this. Make them say this, period. Because they start becoming part of their character. That they start believing it. I believe that. I believe I can make it. He believes he can make it. What do you think? I think, see, the power of, um, what is it, self-acclamation or something? Is that, am I saying it right? I don't know. You're the therapist. Uh, You got to tell me what that language is all about. Yeah, you have the therapist (laughs) lingo. I'm, gosh, I'm like missing my words. But, and that's scary as a therapist. But you know, the, 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 when you believe in yourself, the power of positive thoughts. Sure, sure, sure. Right? that makes things happen and you become more positive and then you can see things versus I can't, I can't, I can't, then you're not going to. Yeah. And and I think dads too, you know, dads play such a huge role in not just in their own kid's life, but in society, I think. And we all do. Moms do too. But, but there's a sense of a lot of times you, I have a good friend named Danny and he works in the prisons and stuff. And a lot of these guys who end up in the prisons, their, their, their father figures are the ones missing in their life. And so for a dad to go, I can do it. I'm going to have positive thoughts about how I can uh, raise my kids and, and, and that kind of thing is huge. Sounds good. All right, let's listen to part two. It's a girl. My name is Cameron. I feel like the luckiest man in the world, man, I swear. Oh, before, I didn't even hear about programs such as this. So it was like I didn't have no, no plan. Coach is always willing to give information, willing to help, willing to get the job done. You know, when we need more people like that. One might think, oh, it's the end of the world for them. And we standing on the outside who already been there and done that are looking at your situation and say, it's not the end of the world. We're going to get through this together. 
That's one of the greatest things about this program. Just one father can have an effect on the whole block through deeds, not words. And everybody recognizes that. And it is the cure. It is the cure. Absolutely. I just love the, the power of one and people doing the right thing. And I think so many times we leave our faith in the, um, uh, in the pews and that we leave it there on Sunday and then we treat each other like dirt during the week. Right. Not always, but I, th I see it a lot. Right. I see people pulling out of the parking lot at, uh, at you know, the church and cutting people off or, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and they've got a fish on the back of their car or mm -hmm. they um, just don't treat their colleagues well, but then they're like, uh, or they're gossiping and saying um, something to the effect of, uh, oh, you know, this happened with uh, so-and-so's marriage and blah, blah, blah. Oh, uh, God bless her. Uh, let's pray for, pray for her. But right. you're like releasing the information. Mm -hmm. And I heard Charles Stanley say recently, like, if you know you're not supposed to be releasing the information and you're saying that you're releasing it under the guise of prayer, that is so wrong. It is wrong. It is absolutely wrong. And and there's, a there's you know, the scripture talks in a couple places about love co covering a multitude of sins, Proverbs 10 being one of those. And, and I think that that's really important, that when you are entrusted to information, especially about a struggle somebody's having or about some kind of information that could be harmful, the loving thing to do, not cover it up, that's a different thing, right? Not justify it, not make excuses for it, but to cover it with grace and prayer and, and, and kindness and responsibility in how you handle it. And live that life. I Absolutely. think that's what yeah. you're saying, you yeah. know, and I see it in therapy too, where they'll come in, you know, and give them the skills then and they're getting excited about the skills whatever uh, you know right. how to communicate more appropriately whatever it is right that we're working on then they go out the door and it's all back to the old um you know negative thinking negative talking yelling and not things that we worked on in therapy so i think that's important angie in life it's when you work on bettering yourself then start applying it to your daily life Absolutely. right now and it's real gradual i think how like the lord molds you and changes you it, it's I think it does take years and years. I remember mm -hmm. I had a friend that didn't swear and didn't gossip and didn't you know, do any of that. And if I was talking about something, she would just subtly say to me, um, and it was a colleague that I used to pray. When I was in TV news, we'd actually pray before the show, which was so wonderful. And uh, she said, she'd say, well, I don't really want to talk about that or get into that but in a way that didn't like shame you so much and then then it would i'd like check myself and say like was that inappropriate was i right. starting to go steer down the wrong you know road but then what's interesting is i just recently had a conversation with her and she kind of used bad language and i felt and she said well now i'm open to dating guys that um are christian or aren't christian because i feel like i've dated for so long and not had any luck dating christians and i thought wow somebody whose walk was so strong right so it's not just that god keeps moving you forward you can move backwards in your walk as well yeah absolutely and you can recover from that i mean there's you know the, the idea that it's just one steady you know upward climb is just it's not true we have times where we we mess up we screw up we you know, I guess the Baptist term is backslide or whatever, whatever yeah. terminology you want to yeah. use. Yeah. And we have to recover from that. And that's, we need our brothers and sisters to do that too, to help us. And, and, you know, Hey, remember, remember, this is not how you're supposed to live and God's ways are better than yours. And, um, you know, submit to those, submit to the spirit. Yeah. Well, I, um, I wanted to share the kids impress me. Uh, therapist Lisa, you know, over the years when I've shared st uh, stories about kids, like you want your kids to naturally be like this. And you know, one, one of my kids, she, she cried the other day at the, at the good dinosaur 
Did I tell you guys no. that? No. Yeah, because um, they were circling the families, the little, the little like caveman boy and the little dinosaur. They were circling their families, and then they, they knocked over like the dad, which meant the dad wasn't alive anymore. I hate it when Disney does that, by the way. What, what, Please what stop killing. Is the, the, isn't it the good dinosaur? Oh, okay, I'm yeah. completely oblivious. I it's guess. now it's, it's it's the most amazing animation. I've heard many people say they don't like the storyline as much, but yeah. I really enjoyed it, and the animation was beautiful. And it's a D- Disney, okay. right? It's a Disney. Okay, so then the little caveman. Boy, he's just—he's all. They call him Spot. He doesn't even talk. He like barks and growls because he's you know lived out in the woods. He knocks over his family members, meaning that his family's no longer with him. He's alone. And I look over, and my eight-year-old is sobbing. The other two were just like eating their popcorn, like whatever. You know, the family—the family's deceased. Okay, let's keep rolling. Where's the good stuff? The dinosaur's gonna play now. You know, and hope is sobbing. Then at the end, when he gets reunited, because his family really had just lost him, she's crying again, and she says. Sometimes I cry happy tears. Oh. <laughs> she has so much emotion oh, and love awesome. for people. Yeah. And yeah. she goes, it's just that I, I, I love people. She said oh, that. She goes, I just awesome. love people. I like people. I love people. And so she naturally cares for people. Mm. But then the other two, uh, Lisa knows, I've told the story many times about when we walked by the homeless guy, we gave him one of the donuts, and my son was crying. Not crying because he cared so much about people, crying because the, the homeless guy took the, the donut that he wanted. I think he it was wanted, a sprinkle yes, one, Yes, he it? wanted the sprinkles. Yes. Well, wait a minute. Oh. There is a line here. Really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Like Krispy Kreme <laughs> is the line? Right, yeah. If there's sprinkles on top. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Straight from the pastor's terrible. mouth. So this little guy, this little guy, <laughs> guy um is so touching to me uh he just we know they live near detroit he went to detroit with his family when he was seven he's nine now and he saw someone who was homeless and it's one of those grassroots thing that started small but what i always admire is when a kid comes to the parent and says i want to make a difference and the parents join in there's one story that's really viral and it's um book about chocolate and if you google it it's just like chocolate book boy he had a friend who was ill right and he wanted to uh, help him and raise money to help with research and treatment of this illness. And so when he says something's cool, he'll go, that's so chocolate. Um, you know, oh, I love that. That's so chocolate. He has raised over a million dollars. I don't even know how high wow. it is because we've done the story like three times. But and it's called um, The Great Book of Chocolate. And what's – no, that's not it. That's a chocolate. Okay, six-year-old boy. Um he has raised so much money, but the parents had to join in and say yes, you know, because it's a lot of work. When you have a kid who is a giver, it's very easy, I think, to say, mm, no, I just, uh, I, I, I'm, too, I'm too busy for that. So that's a great idea, honey. Eight-year-old boy's chocolate bar book raises a million to help research best friend's rare disease. There you have it. Yeah, can you believe that? And the parents had to say yes. Yeah. They were boxing these up at home. Then they got a publisher. You know, then they got a printer. You know, they, they had to do all that. It's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to get to soccer practice in my free job, <laughs> right. you know, and swim meets on the weekend, you know. I mean, I could barely get through the day, let alone publish a book. Right, so right. this family, he said, I want to help the homeless. Now, what would you guys do? Seriously, what would you say? You're a pastor. You have to say yes. You're a therapist. You have to say yes. You know what I would say? I'll be honest with you. I would say, I am so busy right now. Every day is a marathon. I don't know if we can feed the homeless like every weekend. Because my, my son did, last time we were at the rescue mission, he volunteered us for every Saturday. And we have swim meets and stuff. So right. we have to do it sporadically. We can't do it every weekend. Right. And he signed us up. 
Right. You know what, though? I don't think that's a bad thing, right? Because you're still helping. And I think that's really important to work on boundaries because you can't be overwhelmed yourself to constantly give, 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 because eventually you are going to burn out. So right. for you, Angie, you give a lot, to be honest with you. And so sometimes it's okay to say no. It doesn't mean it's forever. And when you can give, you will. Right. And yeah, I, th I think that's really tough. And I was just, as you were talking about yeah, it. Yeah, because we're busy. Then, yeah, and you mentioned soccer. And I, that's where my mind was going yeah. right before you mentioned Because I'm thinking, well, well, Joe's, you know, Joe does MMA. And then he does skating and hockey on the weekends. And I'm, I'm sitting here going, where when? do we squeeze it in? And yeah. it is tough. It's really hard. Yeah, and then and then also, uh, before we start, the little boy who helps homeless, the, the, the parents who really did say yes to helping. Yeah, the good parents, um, not like yeah, us. Yeah, the good parents, not like us. The <laughs> loser parents way off on the <laughs> side. Parents. The sidelines of giving. Um, so uh, also that parent guilt of like, okay, so my kids are just starting in soccer, and I'm, I'm only putting them in this like where you – it's a, it's a Saturday deal where you have the game and the practice on the same day, which is like the wimpy soccer, yeah, right? Yeah. Seriously. Right. It's the parents, I don't want to go five days a week soccer program. Right. That's my kind of Yes. Soccer. And so <laughs> where, where Lisa, you must have this question a lot. Where do you have the balance between, I feel guilty, like Faith wants to play basketball, but right now we're in um, volleyball and swimming and then soccer on the weekend. And so where I don't know if I can do the basketball for her because it's on the same day as the soccer. And so where... Because you start to feel guilty because sure. then you have these kids that are in everything and, or the moms that don't work, which I admire them. I, 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 I covet their, their time that they right. can take their kids to all these things. And so I know that's wrong, Pastor. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, where, how do you balance that guilt? Because now sports, they play it like young. And then when you get to high school, if you haven't played like, oh, sorry, I, this kid's already an ace. Right. You know, and I think that has changed. It's kind of sad because we've done the soccer thing where it is you're so immersed in it that you can't do other activities. And so I think it's losing. Kids are not being able to participate in different things that maybe they would have liked because they're stuck in the soccer or stuck in the basketball. But to answer your question about the guilt, I think, you know, that's that's normal parenting. But it's okay to set boundaries and it's okay to say we can't do that, but this is what we can do because guess what? In life, you're teaching them you can't do everything in life yeah, right yeah the, you, there's going to be choices and you're going to have to make decisions and and sometimes that stinks because you, you could love two things you know at once I love basketball I love football you know but in life you're going to have to choose those if it's sports so I think it's just teaching them that there are priorities and also I think in our society we're so busy going 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 that we're missing the family connection and just sitting and talking and playing games and going back to old times. It's interesting you say that because I have a friend that raised three boys and now she's adopted three little kids. So they're elementary school age kids. And she said, we're doing it different this time. I said, what do you mean? And she said, with the boys, to be honest with you, we just ran all over town. So she'd finally gotten rid of the car seats. She'd gotten like a small car and gotten rid of the family van. And then this opportunity presented itself where these kids needed a home. And so she said, this time we aren't, we just, you know, they're, they're older than they were before. Yeah. And uh, so she said, this time we're not running around like crazy and we're having more of a family connection. And these kids possibly needed a little bit more of that family sure. connection as well. Yeah. So, I, th I think it's really tough because I think it depends on the on the kid and the situation, and that makes sense in that context. With us, we uh, I have two very different kids. My daughter never did a ton of things, and we didn't force her to. We didn't make her. She didn't really want to a lot, and so we didn't. Right. My son is 
just a ball of energy and, and quite honestly we run them like crazy because yeah, we're trying to wear too. him out right, it's right, not right. even Right. You know, we're not making any bones about it. We want him tired. He does better in school when he's a little bit tired, you know. He, well, and you what know? about, what What do you do, therapist Lisa, this must come up with you too. I'm not going to force my kid to do a sport they completely have no right. interest in. But if they're just kind of being lazy and they want to play video games while the other kids are right. playing sports, like, it's that fine line. Right. And two of my kids are in swimming, and the other one wants to swim this summer, but not quite right now. She likes to play video games while she sits in the stands. And so I was going to have her hop in like the last month before summer of swimming to kind of get her skills back up. And she said, well, I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to. I just want to swim in the summer. And my husband jumped in and said, well, she doesn't have to. And I kind of wanted to feel her out more because another one of my kids had said, well, I don't want to play basketball. And she's on tap to be about six feet tall. Oh, wow. And so I'm, I'm thinking, scholarship, scholarship, yeah. scholarship. <laughs> she, she wasn't into it. But then she she was playing with the boys the other day, and she begged me to put her in basketball with the other two now. Right. So I feel like sometimes it's, it's good to put their toe in the water right. and see if they like it and maybe just force one rec center program on them. It's like once a week and then see if they still like it. I do. I, I feel it's really important we talk about activity and get them movement. You know, moving. I lay down with my kids. They had to pick one activity. I didn't care what it was, ah, but they good. have to pick one. Right. So the option was not just playing video games. Right. Like, yeah. Sorry, because right. my daughter's like that. She's not athletic and not coordinated, and, and that's okay, but she needed to pick something. She chose swimming. God help us, but <laughs> it, it was very interesting. But you know what? She did it, and now she's doing color guard or whatever. So right, you can it, find other things that aren't exactly. quite as active, or maybe even it's banned or whatever, whatever, whatever you know, exactly. your thing is. All right, so here's the little boy whose parents said yes to helping the homeless. Hi, my name is Super Ewan, and I'm here to day it forward. When we went out to Detroit, I saw a homeless person on the side of the road, and I wanted to help him. I started out at seven years old, and it's been two years. I've had a lot of fun. Every first Saturday of every month, we go out to Detroit and help homeless, and we get lunches and donations from other people. When I do it and I see other people have a smile on their faces, um, it makes me really happy. So about two years ago, Ewan came to us one night and asked when he was a teenager, could he dress up like a superhero and help the homeless? James and I took one look at each other and said, well, you don't have to wait until you're a teenager. When we started this, it was just our family making some lunches for people. And then to come down here today and see this is so much more than we could ever do on our own. So we're so grateful for it. All right. Uh, would you like some coleslaw? Yes. Potatoes? Here. I got it. This one's all yours. Uh -huh. yeah, Thank you so great. much. You're welcome. Hi, babe. Ewan, look at me. All right, so the part two that we're not going to listen to that's so amazing is they get a Chevy to help them with all their work. Wow. I just think it's so neat that they, you know, that they, it's basically a commercial for Chevy is what it ends up being. But I thought it was such a great good news story. I yes. thought, you know, let's go for this. Love that. All right, so in our next segment, we're going to continue with Therapy Tuesday. Pastor John is here. Pastor John, we got to get your testimony one of these days. Will you yeah. give us your testimony? Absolutely. I'd love to do that. All right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll Let keep me you late today. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. All right, we'll be right back with the good news, and we've got more on Therapy Tuesday.
We know that God loves us and he gave his son for us. This is where love lives. 810 KLVZ. All right, you want to be healthier, right? What if you could get a free health assessment and you could get a number that would let you know, hey, I am really in bad shape, or hey, I'm doing really (laughs) great. Well, we've got one for you. It's a free health assessment. It's 100 questions, and Dr. Joe Arve is here. And Dr. Joe, how do we uh, take this health assessment? Basically, just send me your first name and your last name and your email address, and we'll email this lifestyle risk questionnaire to you. And what it does, it's 100 questions, and it analyzes how you're living, how you're eating, what you're doing, to whether your health is going the right way or the wrong way and it gives you a score and then based on that score we can go to work on making lifestyle choices diet changes things you can do every day to get that score down and get your health moving in the right direction and so you can call me at 303-349-6011 and leave me a message and i can get you plugged in that way or you can text me at the same number 303-349-6011 or go to spinegeek.com and contact us and we'll get a hold of you there and we'll make it happen but it's a free assessment and it's going to be awesome for you Hey, it's Angie Austin. I'm here with my friend Francis Owens with ARC. And Francis, you and I have been friends a long time, and you and I both wanted to do something with our lives, with our careers that made a difference. I love ARC. I've gotten to know so many of the differently abled ambassadors through you. And it's shopping with a purpose. So when we shop there, the money actually goes to help the disabled community locally. And you need donations. We need donations all the time, and we are very, very happy to come pick them up. You can easily call 303-238. Jane, which is 303-238-5263. We would love to come pick up anything. All of our sales go to help people with disabilities around the state. We raise funds for advocacy. Love it. And you can also, of course, drop things off, but they'll come and pick things up for free. And again, all the money stays locally to help the disabled community. And I love to shop there because I find great deals. You can find out more info as well at arcthrift.org. Thank you. Perfect. Yay. Hey, it's Angie with the good news. Do you ever feel like, you know, you need a roadmap to your goals or you need some hope or you feel lost? Well, Carrie Conley with Infinite Nation, she teaches us the specifics, the roadmap to reach your goals and dreams. Hi, Carrie. How are you, Angie? It must be very exciting for you to help people reach their goals. It's very exciting because everybody has a vision of what they want their life to look like, Angie, but most of us walk around with it all stuffed inside and not able to get it out. And that's what I help people do. And what I find that you do is you have us write down Uh, what we see ourselves doing or would like to see ourselves doing in one year, two year, three years. And then you you break it down into steps and then it makes it so much more simplified and less intimidating. Well, I think people overestimate that, you know, a baby step can take you a long way. So yes, I get them to take little tiny baby steps toward the bigger vision of what they want their life to look like. All right, if people want to talk to you, work with you, see what you're up to, how do they reach you? InfiniteNation.com. InfiniteNation.com. Thanks, Carrie. His love expressed for us right here on 810 KLVZ, where love lives. Welcome back to the good news. Oh, goodness gracious me, oh my. We are here with therapist Lisa and also Pastor John Byrne. Therapist Lisa, people don't even think you have a last name. It's Lisa. That's there your last you go. Name. Hey, yeah. that, our first that's name's nice. therapist. Right. You, you are the only one on my Daybreak USA show. You are the only one. That in the rundown, everyone has to be first and last name. And they're very, I mean, Trevino, one of my other producers, he is on it. Like, don't ever put Dr. So-and-so. It's like first and last name. And I said, well, what do you put? What's therapist Lisa? He goes, oh, 
therapist Lisa. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like Dunning's irrelevant. Your poor yes. husband. You don't even no. have a last name anymore. That's okay. <laughs> I like therapist Lisa. Oh gosh. All right. Um, I have something I want to talk about that has to do with pop culture, but as Christian parents. Um, I think it's something really interesting to talk about because the world is coming in at our kids from every which way. In fact, bad mother alert. My kids stayed home from school yesterday. And when I go on the, my mom says she's reading. I said, where? She said, oh, upstairs. I told her to read down here. I'm like, on my tablet? (laughs) Yes. You know what she had searched? This is so embarrassing. Six-year-olds kissing. She's six. And so you know what came up? That Blue Lagoon movie with Brooke Shields. Yeah, not really what I want. Yeah. And so then I went back to her history, and that was the only thing that she looked up as six-year-olds kissing. Oh, man. And she said Hope, who's eight, had told her the same thing. And then I thought, oh, boy, we need to get, like, kitty YouTube or something. Yeah. We just took the tablets away because I thought, okay, because mom doesn't even know how to use a tablet. She doesn't even have a cell phone. (sighs) She doesn't know that she's not upstairs reading. But what's funny is at six, she's tricky enough that when she heard my voice, she Uh, popped up the book. And so, but I know her fishy little mind. So I grabbed my tablet and I clicked twice and you could see what, you know, that yeah, was the last thing they looked open, at. Yeah. And I popped up and it was YouTube, Blue Lagoon, Brooke Shields kissing that blonde dude. Interesting, yeah, I Angie. Don't, I don't remember Oh, you this don't movie. know that movie? No. Maybe you're too young. Yeah. <laughs> it's not horrible, no, but, but that you know, was a big deal yes, back then. back then because she was young. Yes. Yeah, so she was huh. kissing this guy and yeah. I think she was a teenager. Yes. All right, so with that said, I started thinking, boy, you know, social media, and even when they searched, though, um, you know, the elf on the shelf, when they searched the elf on the shelf, oh, yeah. or like peeps at, uh, at Easter, they have peeps that are inappropriate. You know what I'm talking really? about? Yeah, no. or like elf on the shelf doing naughty things, like he's out with Barbie. Really? You know, elf on the shelf does not need to date Barbie. Right. You know, she has married a cat. Right. <laughs> That's right. You no, know, yeah, they're Christians. She's she needs to be going to church on Sunday, not they're hanging Christians. out with Elf on a shelf. You is know, there, is there a church Barbie? Is that what? What would that look like? I don't, I don't know. know. Church I, Barbie. I she definitely marketing ploy here. Yeah, she'd definitely be uh, uh, wearing a longer skirt. Church Barbie. That's right. Yeah, That's right. yeah, yeah. Less makeup too. Yes, right? Less a little bit less makeup. Yes. All right. So this is the like a social media deal. Instagram's really big with young people. And Kim Kardashian, and again, as Christians, she's not our role model, but she posted um, a, a selfie where she's not wearing any clothes, and then the next day did the same thing. What I think is really interesting is Chloe Moretz, she is a teenage uh, actress, and she actually stood up to Kim Kardashian and said, Kim Kardashian, I truly hope you realize how important setting goals is for young women, teaching them we have mu- so much more to offer than... And then she was responding to that yeah, selfie yeah. than like our bodies, right? That there's more to offer, that these women have more going on. And then in addition to that, Bette Midler had basically come out against her as well. And she said, uh, in order for us to see something we haven't seen, Kim Kardashian, and I'm paraphrasing, yeah. you'd have to swallow your camera and take mm-hmm. a selfie, like, you know, and see your right. stomach for us right. to see something we haven't seen already. And then Chloe continued on and mentioned some other things uh, because apparently Kim Kardashian was snotty back. She said, let's all welcome Chloe to Twitter since no one knows who she is. Ooh, wow. Really? Ouch. Well, they do now because she stood up to you and your ickiness. Right, right. Um, Chloe said, there's a huge difference in respecting the platform that you're given as a celebrity. And then I'm not even going to say the word, something I have not done. 
Um, anyway, uh, they go back and forth, mm. right? Right. And so here's a teenager telling a woman in her 30s, um, maybe you should teach young girls mm. with your celebrity status something a little better than posting nude selfies, you know? And I agree. And this stuff is going to come at our kids regardless mm-hmm. of how much we protect them. And I, I really fe- feel like my kids live in bubble wrap, you know? But they're 6, 8, and 10. And as we know now from my, mm-hmm. my daughter searching 6-year-olds kissing, Right. Um, you know, because right, uh, right. apparently Hope, we found out later because there were there was an interrogation last night, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, I bet. And Hope actually had, there was a cartoon on tips on kissing. And apparently the tips on kissing oh. cartoon had said, um, it was a cartoon and there was makeup, all uh, uh, lipstick all over the cartoon's face. And it said, when kissing, make sure you don't get lipstick all over your face. Oh. So that was like, that's what got them started oh. on this whole thing. Interesting. Yes. Innocent, the, the so-called innocent little things, right? Well, and then we had to talk about Periscope because my husband already told yep, my son yep. about that or introduced him to that. And I said, you know, you can't let people into your home via the Internet. And we took the tablets away from the kids because they're really just for homework. The school had even given him a tablet that wasn't protected. Wow. No, that wasn't protected? No, because they were searching the Internet on it. There was no, like... There was nothing. I, I was surprised. I thought it would be mm-hmm. filtered, and it wasn't. Apparently, I'm the filter. And now you know how Ooh. I'm filtering now. They're in my husband's top drawer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> got to do what you got to do, right? Though. Yeah, that's the filter. So we talked about Periscope, and um, the girls got kind of upset because there was a story that we've been reading in the news about a 13-year-old who'd um, been abducted by a guy that she met on the Internet. And uh, so Faith said she doesn't even want a tablet anymore because she thinks he's going to come through the tablet. And I'm like, no, (laughs) they don't come through the tablet. But you don't let them know where you live or where you're going or what your school is or become friends with somebody. I said, see this guy? And I showed her the picture. I said, he claimed he was a kid. Mm -hmm. I said, look, it's some crazy old-looking man. I said, so it's not a kid. You don't know. So maybe they're a little young for the information we gave them last night. But I just figure, you know what? The social media stuff is going to be hitting them around 13, and Mm -hmm. Riley's turning 11 soon. And so I guess it's better to open their eyes. And I feel like the younger ones get, like, lumped in with the older ones. Yes. I feel like Faith is the first one that you learned how to use a phone, like, two years ago. She was four. Riley was eight. He wasn't dialing me. Mm -hmm. Faith is the first one to dial me. (laughs) Yeah, she memorized. She got my business card. Oh, and and dialed you on the phone? Yes, she got my That's business impressive. card. Yeah, and then she goes, hi, I'm Angie with the good news. She always says, I'm Angie with the good news. Uh-huh. Oh, buddy. But it shows, I mean, look at, they even went from a cartoon yes. to take it to the next level. So right. I don't, Kissing. yes, I don't think they're too young because also who knows, you know, what would come up on that internet search right. you know that that's they what click i mean on. same thing with it the, when they search the elf on the shelf right some things came up right. and i was like why is that coming up when you search elf on the shelf now they have i think it's called uh kittle it's a new um okay. google search kittle and there is a kid's youtube so these are options but oh really here i was at work right. my mom's at home with my daughter i don't know if she's going into my room and grab my ipad right right Right. right. Well, no, and it's super tough. And that, that's and I think the thing I struggle with is with Joe right now being 10 is at what point do you have these certain conversations with him? I mean, do you and I don't know the answer to this because I think there's a danger. There's a danger that they'll they'll discover things without your input. That's a danger. But there's also a danger that you'll awaken things in them. Early right. in their life, right? Yes. You know, earlier or than scare good. them too early. Or scare them or something. Yeah. Because Faith cried. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I think it's it's each kid. And, you know, it goes back to way back when about suicide. It used to be don't talk about suicide right. because right. all of a sudden. Idea in their head. Exactly. 
And you can't, and that's been proven you can't, you know. So, but I think the more open you are, that allows that communication. So I'm thinking the same thing with kiddos. I mean, granted, you don't want to give them over information, but I think it's really important to age appropriate to talk about those things because. if you don't, the kid on the playground right. is talking about it. Or when it, they right. go over to their buddy's house right. and they, right. you know, Because you yeah. also don't know if one of their five-year-old friends has a 16-year-old sibling. Right. And learning some right. things. Well, and, so. and that's, that's, you know, we've gone into these other discussions about that's why I don't like my kids going into a house where I know they're older kids because I don't know what they're going to show them, talk to them about, you know, or language. So I'm pretty yeah, And protective. they think it's funny or, you know, right. it's yeah. just a joke to them, but yeah. Yeah, it's serious. And little kids want to look up to, you know, they look up to the older kids. It's like, wow, I'm included. So it's kind of a cool thing. Well, and, so and it it's our, you know, talk is already starting because my son, who's uh, in fourth grade, he says, you know, when the boys play football, sometimes they say under appropriate things. That's so <laughs> under. <cute. laughs> I'm like, okay. You know, and so, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, we can only keep them in a bubble so much. Okay, right. so back to Kim Kardashian, yeah. who, again, this is a Christian show. We're not saying she's our role model. We're saying mm-hmm. she's out there in the world. And so this Chloe Moretz, this um, teenage uh, uh, actress, said, you know, hey, I, I hope you know, Kim, that, that you have a platform. You're a celebrity. You shouldn't use it. You know, girls should be known for more than their bodies. And it's important for young girls to learn to set goals. And then Bette Midler said something to Kim. So, you know, Kim did today her response besides yeah. going after Chloe saying no one knows you, which mm-hmm. is like really catty. Yeah. Um, then she uh, posted another um, selfie with no oh. clothes on it today. Interesting. Like, oh, you really got us back. You know, and you, you talk about even bullying. I mean, obviously that Chloe touched Rats, an, yeah, yeah, she touched a nerve. People within. went after her for going after oh, Kim. I'm sure. Saying that I, she was shaming her for being so open with her body on Instagram. I didn't even know Instagram allowed that kind of stuff. I guess they do. Well, that, that scares me too. I don't know if I'm going to get Instagram now. But I, I do think this, that it is interesting. And I think Romans 1 talks about this in verse 24. It says, therefore God gave them... Wait, wait, wait. Step back. What's step up? back, Pastor. What's I up? think Romans 1 talks about... <laughs> no, you have it pulled up right I, there. Of course I do. Yes. <laughs> of course I do. Go for it, Pastor. Yeah. Therefore God gave them up in the lust of, the, of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship the ser- and serve the creature rather than the creator. And I think that's really important. And our culture is doing that. And maybe the, she should be shamed a little bit. Yeah. You know? Well, and Shame they, they is sometimes not, talk about yeah. God, some of those Kardashians and prayer mm-hmm. and right. faith and Christianity. Right. And so if that's the road that maybe they're starting to go down, I, I know that the, the, the older one, uh, well, Chloe, I don't, I don't know I, them I all. I've Chloe. never watched the show. Mm-hmm. She has talked about faith and prayer and God and I think Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so that has surprised me, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I, I do think that that young teenage uh, actress calling her out is kind of an interesting thing. Because you know what? Kim Kardashian's a mother now of two kids. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and what, what kind of example is that? Those kids eventually see that right oh yeah I, I don't know how they can't i mean somebody somewhere along the way is gonna find these pictures and i find it um you know not calling out someone else but i'll call them out um because they put it on facebook um jesse decker you know eric decker from the yes yeah yeah wasn't he played here he played, played the, broncos. the broncos yeah and she's a singer Correct. She puts some provocative. Now, I haven't seen any nude pictures, but she'll put some provocative pictures with her and Eric. And I actually called her out on it nicely. 
And boy, the ramifications for people protecting her. Oh, they went after you? And attacking you? me. Oh, really? you obviously don't have a partner in your life and all this. But, <laughs> but I, I am a married what? therapist with three children. <laughs> I, did, I didn't do any of that. Oh, oh and I was goodness. jealous. But um, oh, yeah, you're jealous. Uh-huh. Right. You're at home making dinner for your kids and taking them to soccer. And you're like, I wish I could be exactly like her. And post exactly. <laughs> saucy Instagram pictures. I said the same thing, you know, especially she has two kids now. Right. You know, right. people, whether they like it or not for celebrities, people they look are, up to yes, them, you know, yes. and to put something on there, forget even fans, but their kids. And is that the image that they want to portray? Maybe because. She maybe does, we're completely out of touch. Maybe. <laughs> you know, maybe we are. But, you know, I just feel like I have a circle of friends that aren't like that through yeah, my church right. and through yeah. doing the good news. And so I do really feel sometimes like I live in a bubble and I have my kids in a bubble. And so I'm already, like, looking at Christian um, private schools for high school. Yeah. And my husband's like, well, you can't keep them, you know, you can't keep them isolated from the world forever. And I'm like, well, can't. I prepare them first before I throw them to the wolves. You know, can't right. they have, like, um, I, I've interviewed the kids from Lehigh Lutheran High School, and they've told me the difference between public school, some of them who went to public high school, yeah. and then Lehigh, and it, they are protected there. Mm -hmm. And one of the teachers said, why not give them the tools to deal with the world before, and let them go out when they're old enough to handle it. Exactly. Right. And I, and I do think, you know, we, we struggled with that with my daughter a lot, and more so than my son, but she's, she's gone to public school quite a bit, but we've also homeschooled a couple of years. And that was very much what I was concerned about. And I was very intentional about talking to her and finding out what is she being fed in schools and what is she experiencing so that we can kind of address that. And if it got bad, absolutely, we would have made a decision to, you know, to pull her out of a public school and put her either homeschool her again or private school. Uh, but she's actually kind of the evangelist. So we we've kind of let her she's kept her head on straight but it depends on the kid well and There's you kind of wonder like what are their goals like for the kardashian you know what oh i mean obviously stardom Fame or whatever, and money whatever, and whatever right that's it so i mean it's versus your own self-worth and self-esteem and respect for yourself and what is this slippery slope that like i had this discussion with someone because i have a very successful friend who's a christian businessman and he is a multimillionaire and another friend who basically I felt was being slightly dishonest. If you could say, I felt like there was a, in business, he was saying or doing a couple of things to convince someone to maybe work with him. And I felt it was like white lies. I felt it was dishonest. And he said, you know, in business, whether you're Christian or not, sometimes you have to tell people what they want to hear in order to get ahead. I said, I would rather not be financially successful and be true to myself and my faith than lie and make more money. Absolutely. And so I called my Christian business friend who's so successful. And I said, you're a Christian. How do you feel about what my friend said? We had a big argument. And he said, even my Christian friends will lie if necessary to get ahead in business. And my friend said, I don't agree. He said, if you put your faith first and you do the right thing, ultimately it is honored. And I agree with that. And if you get ahead that way, I just don't feel how you can have pride and self-worth and be happy with what you've done. And I think it's a ripple effect. I think it circles back around. And if you're dishonest, I think those little ripples in the pond affect other people you do business with and affect other people. And it comes back through your reputation or someone finding out. Mm -hmm. I think that you just have to do your best to always tell the truth and always do the right thing because it will come back to bite you.
Absolutely. Well, and it's the right thing to do. Definitely. I, I mean, well, if you, and if you don't make an, if you don't make as much money, isn't that okay? Because you can I be proud so. of what you did do. I was going to say too. Those are the parents that come into therapy saying their kids lie. <laughs> right. And what can we do about oh, it? Right. Interesting. So, yeah. Because yeah, they're watching, man. And if right? parents are doing it, then yeah. So you you know look at yourself. But I agree with you. I mean. What is the price of, of fortune? Is it to sell yourself, so to speak, What you know, doing the wrong thing? And how can you close the door at the end of the day, look at yourself in the mirror and really feel proud of what you're doing versus, you know what, maybe I didn't make that deal, but I feel good because I put myself out there. I was honest. I was sincere. I lived by integrity. And yeah. I think that's important. Well, personally. and I think part of the problem is our culture tells us happiness is what we deserve, mm -hmm. right? Not, not only should we chase after it, but it's what we deserve. If we don't have happiness, then, you know, there's desperately, this is an injustice of some kind. And I think that that's we're problematic. Owed it. Yeah, we're owed it somehow. And isn't joy different than happiness? Absolutely. So. Isn't Absolutely. joy finding like that? hope in the midst of the days that are really bumpy absolutely absolutely and i think and i i always tell other parents as i go my biggest concern for my kids is not whether they're happy or not as a matter of fact in a, a lot of ways that's very low on the list mm -hmm. i'm much more concerned about whether they live with integrity whether they follow jesus christ as their lord and savior whether whether they treat people with respect and have right. good relationships right if they're doing all of those things they might not be happy about all the time but they'll have purpose and they will have joy in their life and, you know, there's a, I'm in the midst of something, and I'll have to tell you real quick because we're almost out of time, but my daughter just won an award for being kind to others, and there's a bully, and this bully has picked on all three of my kids. Mm. And uh, so Hope said her best friend's upset with her because she includes the bully. And her best friend says, the bully is mean. I don't want to include her. And Hope said, but Mom, the bully, and I won't use her name, the bully doesn't have any friends. So I feel like I have to include her right. because I keep teaching them mm. that if you're – if, if there's a bully, you have to teach them sometimes how to be kind because they may not be getting any kindness at home. Absolutely. So you have to teach them to be kind. So then I'm like, oh, boy, what do I say to her? Like, the bully's kind of mean to my kids. And then Hope's saying she's including her. And I said, well, that's good. I'd say keep including her. But if, you know, it gets sticky, you have to go to a teacher if, you know, the, if she causes problems. Because I, I don't know what to do. I almost feel like telling her, don't be friends with her. Right, right. It's tough. Yeah, I don't know where to go with that. It's it's a tough decision. I think she just has to use her own judgment, you know? Thank All right, Pastor John, your church website? Yes, gfol.org. Excellent. Therapist Lisa? Lifesupportinstitute.com. Oh, boy, we'll be right back with the good news. we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> This is where love lives. 810 KLVZ. Hey, it's Angie with the good news. Do you ever feel like, you know, you need a roadmap to your goals or you need some hope or you feel lost? Well, Carrie Conley with Infinite Nation, she teaches us the specifics, the roadmap to reach your goals and dreams. Hi, Carrie. How are you, Angie? It must be very exciting for you to help people reach their goals. It's very exciting because everybody has a vision of what they want their life to look like, Angie, but most of us walk around with it all stuffed inside and not able to get it out. And that's what I help people do. And what I find that you do is you have us write down 
down uh, what we see ourselves doing or would like to see ourselves doing in one year, two year, three years. Right. And then you have you break it down into steps and then it makes it so much more simplified and less intimidating. Well, I think people overestimate that, you know, a baby step can take you a long way. So yes, I get them to take little tiny baby steps toward the bigger vision of what they want their life to look like. Or if people want to talk to you, work with you, see what you're up to, how do they reach you? InfiniteNation.com. InfiniteNation.com. Thanks, Carrie. You know, I was living in my van at the time, and that's when I found myself in the, the park. There was no reason it seemed to go on. I had nothing to live for. I found myself sitting on that park bench with a bottle of whiskey in one hand and a gun in the other. Finished the whiskey and stuck the gun in my mouth and pulled the trigger. The bullet bounced off my C1 vertebrae and lodged behind my ear. I was in the hospital for about 10 days, and then after a thorough mental mental health evaluation, they pretty much booted me out on the street. And then everything went downhill. I started drinking. About six weeks later, I was in detox again, and a nice lady at detox just looked at me and said, boy, with your story, you need to get into a better program, or you're not going to be alive very long. And she helped me get into the downtown Denver Rescue Mission, and, uh, and here I am today because of that. And I've got my great family. They love me, and I spend more time with them than anybody and life is good to find out how you can help people just like joe go to denverrescuemission.org all right you want to be healthier right what if you could get a free health assessment and you could get a number that would let you know hey i am really in bad shape or hey i'm doing really (laughs) great well we've got one for you it's a free health assessment it's 100 questions and dr joe arve is here and dr joe how do we uh, take this health assessment basically just send me your first name and your last name and your email address and we'll email this lifestyle risk questionnaire to you and what it does it's 100 questions and it analyzes how you're living how you're eating what you're doing to whether your health is going the right way or the wrong way and it gives you a score and then based on that score we can go to work on making lifestyle choices diet changes things you can do every day to get that score down and get your health moving in the right direction and so you can call me at 303-349-6011 and leave me a message and i can get you plugged in that way or you can text me at the same number 303-349-6011 or go to spinegeek.com and contact us and we'll get a hold of you there and we'll make it happen but it's a free assessment and it's going to be awesome for you this is the place where love lives 810 klvz welcome back well the good news is dr joe is joining us and i have to say over the several years i've known dr joe this guy walks the talk Uh, not just his faith but his health he is a walking billboard for health and he's got a 21 day reset he said angie it's the greatest health seminar you've ever been invited to hi dr joe Hey, hey, how's it going? It's going well. So um, will my people get free tickets to this health seminar? Yeah. Yes, but they have to call because this is this is going to sell out. And the tickets are free, but we only have limited space. So it, And everybody's so excited. We've totally remodeled our office. We've made more room for people to come in and get healthy. We're sick and tired of being sick and tired, and we're doing something about it. So on April the 2nd, it's a Saturday morning from 9.30 to 11, we're going to show you how to get in the best shape of your life, how to reset your mind, your body, your spirit. You can lose weight, feel great, get in shape, and really have a great get everything kicked off for summer. Well, I want to know more about this 21 day reset because okay, so we did our New Year's resolutions. Some people right. might have fallen a little bit off track. Summertime is coming. People want to be healthy, fit, feel good, have more energy. What are we going to learn for the 21 day reset? And will it just take us 21 days to reset? 
Well, it, yeah, you can reset in less than 21 days, but learning new habits. So everybody has probably done a pretty good job, hopefully, with their New Year's resolutions. They've changed their diet. They've been going to the gym, and maybe they've lost 10 pounds, and but now they're stuck. And it's like they're trying everything, and now they're getting frustrated and just not happening like, like they thought it would. And so what we realize is that toxins, that you can be toxic, and it can be in your food, it can be in your water, it can be in your, in your, in your, your, your lifestyle products, whether it's your cleaners. And if you're toxic, then, then your body will not lose weight. We call it weight loss resistance. And it can actually cause frustration. It can cause poor sleep. It can cause brain fog, poor memory. Um, your body causes those cortisol levels of hormones to slow down, and it can cause hot flashes. And basically, the biggest thing is you just can't lose weight. You can't feel great, and you get frustrated, and you throw it all away. So we want to help reset everything. It only takes 21 days to really detox your body, detox your mind, learn how to drink. Something as simple as water with lemon in it is something you can do every day to get things unstuck. And so if you feel like you're stuck, it's time for a reset. We've been making lots of changes in our office, and we want to show you how you can make lots of changes in your life simply one day at a time. And have the, it's still, when we kicked off in January, had the best year ever. I, who doesn't want to have the best year ever? And, you know, something you've taught me recently that I really enjoy, you know, my mom's lost a lot of weight with you. She thinks she weighed about 225 when she first met you. Now she's down into the 160s. She's walking a lot better, feeling better. And she does deal with, you know, arthritis and a cane and diabetes. So losing that weight, I think, was life-saving for her. But you've also taught me that do, do make the best decisions you can in this day, like make each day the best you can. I think we get overwhelmed by big choices and looking at the future and, oh gosh, we have to, you know, make great choices for a year or for a month or for 21 days. And you're like, make each choice one at a time and then try to make the next best choice and make a great day. Well, and that's the key. You know, your mom is not just lighter, she's healthier. Right. Um, You know, she's off, she's on less medication, she's walking, it's not about just making the scale go towards zero, although people think that would make them happy, but it doesn't. It's a lie. It's about living every day to make it your best and, and literally finding the right habits that make that work and you losing weight, you feeling better, is the side effects to how you spend every day, every choice you make. And so it's absolutely, we want you to be healthy. We don't want you to be lighter in your coffin. We want you to reverse those chronic diseases that have been plaguing you with diabetes, whether it's arthritis, whether it's blood pressure, heart issues, we want to teach you how to live, you know, show you what, how to juice, what intermittent fasting is all about, how to, to really have a great cup of coffee in the morning. We call Dr. Joe coffee, you know, or Dr. Joe ice cream. You know, all these things can help you lose weight, feel great, get healthy, and literally have the best day and the best year. You know, the year is 12 months, not just one month. You know, so we want to literally help you put this. It's not too late to get started, um, but we really want to help you see miracles happen it's, it's i'm really excited about this coming up on uh, april 2nd all right april 2nd 21 day reset 9 30 a.m to 11 a.m at the new office the greatest health seminar ever uh, my listener yep. you right now listening you can get uh, two free tickets dr joe how do they reach you it's real simple just text me or call me at 303-349-6011 again 303-349-6011 or go to spinegeek.com that's spinegeek.com excellent Thank you, Dr. Joe. See you April 2nd. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.